Hi there. It's time for another Fiblet, the mini-sode where I read three actual news articles from the past and one article I wrote myself. Two weeks ago on Fiblet number three, I told four stories. Pistol practice appeared in the St. Joseph Gazette on September 7th, 1875. They Fought to Kill appeared in the St. Louis Post-Dispatch on February 13, 1899, and Shot by a Burglar was in the St. Louis Globe Democrat on March 18, 1890. I wrote Final Witness in Trial. Did you recognize the fiction from the facts? Thanks for playing. So for today's story, I was inspired to look for articles concerning elopements after I found this article in the January 24, 1889 Mexico Weekly Ledger. Missouri Matters. A peculiar elopement occurred near this city recently, said the Monroe City News. A young man wanted to marry a girl, but the girl's father objected to the match. A meeting was going on in that neighborhood, and all the above attended on the evening in question. The old gentleman is in the habit of making long prayers, and on this particular occasion, his prayer seemed longer than ever. In fact, it looked as if it was made to order, because while he was making his prayer, the young man had ample time to steal the old man's daughter and take her to a village nearby where he married her. Our advice to the now raging parent would be for him to watch as well as pray. I enjoyed that. So I started looking up stories about lovers sneaking off to marry, which I found frequently was front page news back in the day. Now, as always with these stories, they all sound like fiction, but only one of them is. Listen carefully to each one because it's more difficult than you think to recognize fact or fiction. So are ready to play? All right, folks, so here we go. Choice number one. Eloping boy slept on the job. Another chapter in the romance of Cleo Broadhurst, the 19-year-old suitor of Mrs. C.J. Ware, 23 years old, wife of a Lincoln, Nebraska merchant. It came last night when the pair tried to elope to St. Louis. The arrival of the father, Jacob T. Broadhurst, a real estate dealer, and Mrs. Ware's husband prevented the elopement. About 11 o'clock last night, Cleo Broadhurst went to the Union Depot and bought tickets and Pullman berths to St. Louis for Mrs. Ware and himself. By appointment, she was to join him after the train had left the Kansas City yards. But the father and husband arrived at the Union Depot in time to prevent Mrs. Ware from getting on the train. Young Broadhurst believed Mrs. Ware was on the train and would join him after it was out of Kansas City. He retired and the conductor of the train would not allow him to be awakened. Mrs. Ware telegraphed Broadhurst at Slater, Missouri to return to Kansas City on the first train. If I will go away for a year, can I have him for my own? Mrs. Ware asked of Mr. Broadhurst last night. I am not making any contracts for my children's future, he replied. But as long as I can keep Cleo away from you, I certainly will. Cleo Broadhurst and Mrs. Ware were arrested in Leavenworth last Sunday upon the complaint made to the Leavenworth police by Mr. Ware. The young Broadhurst returned home and his father fancied he'd forgotten Mrs. Ware. Mrs. Ware's grandfather has given her more than $21,000 in the last three years. She was married to Ware three years ago, last June. Broadhurst became acquainted with her through business dealings she had with his father. Choice number two. Double elopement from Boonville. 
B.W. Plant and Miss Mamie Klein, aged about 16, together with Paul Miner and Miss Alice Klein, aged about 22, all eloped from this city yesterday afternoon on the MKNT railway train bound south. Miner and Miss Alice were married at Parsons, Kansas last night. Mr. Plant and Miss Mamie Klein continued their journey to the Indian Territory, where they were married. A dispatch from Plant to a gentleman in this city, dated Venita Indian Territory, announcing the marriages, caused quite a ripple of excitement among relatives and intimate friends of the parties. The Mrs. Klein are sisters and daughters of a well-to-do citizen of this place. The young men had been courting the young ladies for some time past, but the parents bitterly opposed the marriage. Hence the elopement. Choice number three. Heiress weds penniless musician. Yesterday, 19-year-old Annabelle Townsend, the daughter of George Townsend, co-owner of the Townsend and Hertz Tobacco Manufacturing Company of Springfield, Massachusetts, surprised all who knew her by leaving the safety of her aunt's home at 5625 Lindell Boulevard in St. Louis, where she was visiting without the chaperone of her parents. Miss Townsend's aunt, Mrs. Jonas R. Peters, is distraught and fears her niece has eloped with a man her brother will find an unsuitable match for the beautiful and engaging young girl. This unsuitable man is Arthur James Miller, who previously worked as an advertising agent for the St. Louis Star Chronicle, but at this time has no employment other than his work as a pianist at different saloons and taverns. It was as a pianist that he first attracted the naive girl's notice. Mrs. Peters said Miller had performed at a social event that Peters hosted to introduce Annabelle to other young people in the area. Unfortunately, the girl's head was turned by the performer. At first, Mrs. Peters had no suspicion the two young people had formed an attachment. But last week, one of Mrs. Peters' daughters exposed her cousin's secret liaisons with the music man. When told of Annabelle's assignations and correspondence with the musician, Mr. Peters forbid the girl from seeing Miller ever again. Readers familiar with foolish young lovers will not be surprised by the turn of events. Reportedly, the girl's parents have been sent for and will arrive within the week. Choice number four. A big social sensation. The most startling social sensation that has occurred here for many years was revealed to the public this afternoon when it was announced that Henry W. Moore, managing editor of the Post-Dispatch, and the wife of John W. Norton, manager of the Grand Opera House and Olympia Theater, left the city together last night in a clandestine and scandalous manner. From developments, it, it appears the couple have been unduly intimate for over two years, but it was not known to Norton until Thursday last when the fact was conveyed to him through an anonymous letter. On Thursday evening, Norton met Moore and Mrs. Morton at the corner of Lucas and Jefferson Avenue in the western part of the city and attempted to shoot Moore, but was disarmed by a friend who was passing at the time. Mrs. Norton yesterday removed her money and other valuables from the safe deposit company, amounting to about $20,000, and at 10 o'clock last night, she and Moore left the city in a carriage. At this writing, it is not known where they went, nor who drove them out of town. Mrs. Norton, before her marriage, was named Emma Stockton and was a very handsome woman and an actress of high repute. She was born in Baltimore and is well known throughout the East. Norton is known the country over as a successful theatrical manager and cultivated the acquaintance of gentlemen of high character, both in and out of the profession. 
Moore has been managing editor of the Post-Dispatch for several years and has a most estimable wife who is now at Manitow Springs, Colorado, with her only child, a boy of six years. So that's it, folks. So we've got we've got uh, four stories, one of which I made up. A uh, quick recap here. Story number one was about the young man eloping with the married woman, and then he fell asleep on the train, so they didn't get far. Story number two was the double elopement from Boonville about the two sisters who eloped with two men at the same time both of them defying their parents. Number three is the heiress weds the penniless musician. It's the story of the daughter or the niece who was visiting from out of town and who eloped with a piano player that she met while she was visiting her aunt and uncle. And number four, the big social sensation. It's a story about uh, the managing editor of the Post-Dispatch running off with the wife of one of his good friends. So that that's it, folks. Um, as you know, I won't come clean until the next fiblet. But if you can't wait that long, you can just go look up the answer yourself at factorfictionpodcast.com or the Factor Fiction Facebook page. And while you're there, register to enter the contest to win an eight ounce bag of Bell Toffee. You're going to want to enter this contest so you can experience a signature toffee crush yourself. As always, I'll be back next week with a regular episode of Factor Fiction. And until then, remember to always pay attention because it's not easy to recognize fact or fiction.